0: Welcome to Candy from Strangers. I'm Rebecca.
1: And I'm James.
0: And we're coming at you with some candid talk, where we aim to contemplate and journey through this life and help your day taste a little bit sweeter. So the other day we were talking in the kitchen and my kiddo came up with this persona. Oh my gosh. And I related to it so much. You guys, the octopus bread lady. I don't know if you hold with like spirit animals and stuff, but I think that this is mine. Most days anyway the octopus bread lady. We think about it, we act like this. We act like we have eight arms when we know we only have two. And I love bread. So, you know, we all love our carbs over here, but uh, that could be bad for us if we have eight times of it. And this is our eighth episode. So it was so perfect. I mean, can you imagine having eight arms?
1: I can. I I try, maybe. I don't know. I'd be terrible at it. I'm not very coordinated with two arms. So I think with eight I'd be in trouble. Uh but it would be great. I could try to juggle um better than I can with two. I don't know. Yeah. I'd get tangled up. And I'd still want more arms though.
0: That's true. That's true. I think of like a cafeteria lady with eight arms. How are you doing, kids? Anyway. <laughs> but we would get tangled up. We think we want more. We want more capability to do these things but then it would be too much. And I think that's literally what I do sometimes. I try to do too much. So I really had to think about why this resonated with me, this octopus bread lady. And I think it has to do with this common phrase, this kind of misconception, work-life balance. I mean, hello. First of all, to all of my octopus phantom armed people, there is no balance, duh. It's just life. We only have two arms. And when we pick up one thing, that means we have to set down the rest, right? So examples.
1: Some highly successful employees, they're setting aside family. When we link with a partner, we're setting aside friends. I still remember talking to one of my best friends be like, what do you think's going to happen when I get married? Are we going to still spend as much time hanging out? And he's like, nah, dude, you're, you're going to be married. You're, that's, that's who you're going to hang out most of the time with. I was like, oh, yeah. 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 And when I play video games, when I used to play video games, or golf, or we're on our phones, uh, that's time away from other things, which is fine. And who wants balance? Balance is, well, you're not doing anything. If you're perfectly balanced, are you ever actually going anywhere?
0: I like that idea of if you're just in this perfect balanced state, it's actually kind of stagnant. We need a little bit of ripple, a little bit of movement to have life. And that's life. You know, we cannot do all the things at once. And it's ridiculous to think that we can. So instead, think of this life as sort of like a harmony. And it's super obvious when someone is singing too loudly or there's a sudden solo out of nowhere.
1: You're making me think about when I tried out for a solo in choir. And? I tried. (laughs) Yeah. Harmony. It's hard.
0: I remember I tried out for a solo and I got the solo and I was singing it at our graduation and I got the first part out and the second part was gone. My mind went so blank.
1: Things that stick with you.
0: Right? Oh, okay. No stage fright over here.
1: None at all. But we still try to balance everything and fit it all. Sometimes it's a little overwhelming. Sometimes it's darn near impossible.
0: I think it is impossible. You can't do all the things. And I personally really detest the idea. And this question, okay, this question that's posed to mothers super bothers me. How do you balance it all? What, like, because women are just these nurturing people that they've got some magical balancing powers or eight arms? Like, no. I mean, it makes us feel guilty. And it makes us show up with this scattered mindset and this open, like, pop-up screen with this undercurrent of guilt. And it can just sweep our feet out from under us. And I think imposter syndrome kind of creeps in there for a lot of people because you're trying to be focused on one thing, but you have 20 other things that are vying for your attention.
1: And that's with both parents carrying similar workloads, taking care of it, everything, providing, surviving, kids, each other, man, managing taxes coming up, dealing with what is the summer going to look like. And so I like this octopus bread lady. And I think there's like an octopus-bred mister as well who's just kind of like, I I can help. (laughs) Oh my gosh, this is awesome. And both parents uh, or two people in a relationship, everyone is carrying similar workloads. They're all trying to juggle everything. And when you're trying to do everything, can you actually do anything? And that's where it's figuring out how you actually find what needs to be done and where you need help.
0: Yeah, we're trying to provide, survive, we have to train and coach these kids, handle our taxes, and one person cannot do it all. The matter included in this right now, right? More than ever before. I mean, I see fathers who are so present and they're involved with diaper changing, drop-offs, nighttime routines, meal prepping. It's not just the mamas.
1: At least it started making headlines this last year because I can tell you, I've changed a few diapers.
0: Amen. Let's high five our octopus arms. Yeah. (laughs) I think rather than thinking, well, good, it's about time that men feel the strain and the pull of this octopus arm and the, you know, how do you balance it all? I think it's better to acknowledge the stress is present for everyone, regardless of roles or gender roles. And I don't want to hose my partner. I don't want to hose you, babe, just so you feel the same stress I do. I'm just going to drop it and put it down and make you pick it up. I mean, that's not how I want to be treated. Is that how you want to be treated?
1: No. And thanks.
0: Right, And I
1: try, oh, I want to be so good at my job and my career because that is how I can provide for my family. But I also want to be this great dad and an amazing husband and spouse and partner in this relationship. And trying to balance that is, some days it's impossible and definitely not something I can do on my own. Because I only have two arms. I don't have eight.
0: Right. You just made a schedule because you were trying to figure out how to be more intentional at home. And it was a color-coded schedule of your time.
1: I don't have enough.
0: Right. Because what did you find out?
1: There's not enough time.
0: (laughs) Well, it's not balanced, right? You literally spend X hours of time at work doing work stuff. And you have to put down things to be able to focus and do a good job.
1: And that's time that I don't have for doing all the other things
0: that I want in my life. But there's a transition period. I think that was the key. That was kind of this key of like, wait, there's a transition period where you actually have to set something down, pivot, and then pick something else back up. Pick up the home stuff, come home. So that it's not just leftovers, you know, so it's not just coming home uh, and beat, but actually turning and saying, okay, now I only have this much time here. How can I be intentional with that? And it was like color coded in blue and red. It was kind of cool.
1: I was trying. One of my arms.
0: Yeah. So for me, like, I want to pursue my career and I want to be an awesome mom and an amazing spouse and just, I don't know, acknowledging that we cannot be all the things simultaneously. It takes some of the pressure off. It's a little bit more realistic, right? Shifting our mindset. We have to pivot our engagement like lawn sprinkler the best way that we can in whatever battery level we have. Sometimes we're not prepared to pivot and pick something else up. We are literally... Run low. like battery is out.
1: I really like that lawn sprinkler idea because if the lawn sprinkler is not pivoting, if it's just flooding water into one section of the lawn, you overwater one side Mm. and the other one gets all dried out. Yeah. It's not fed. It's not watered. And it, it just dies. Neglected. So you have to spread the water around and you can't water everything at once.
0: I think it's great to also think about the time you're spending on things. And to not beat yourself up about it, because if you can actually be aware and say, these things on my to-do list or my tasks are insignificant, you can spend less time on those, right? So that you can show up fully when it matters. It's like quality time versus a quantity time. I was reading in some magazine or something, like these working moms were like, oh my gosh, I spent 30 minutes blow drying my hair. So she went and bought this special towel that was supposed to like dry her hair in two minutes. And then she only had to blow dry it for like three minutes because she had to get to work. Anyway, I thought, oh, neat. Right. Like how much time are you spending blow drying your hair every day versus spending time with people and building relationships and looking at your husband like, hey, I remember you. I love you. Thanks, honey. Octopus arm high five.
1: So the fun part about when you put something down, it's immediately the most important thing in your life as soon as you put it down. And this is Definitely a work thing.
0: As soon as you put it down, it catches fire, right? And the natural impulse is I have
1: to I have to take care of that. I just put it down, but now it's the hot potato. I need to pick it back up. (laughs) So I have to fix it. But I can't.
0: Because you you sat down for a reason. You were trying to do something else in that moment. And for me, that's the exact moment that I snap and I bite everyone's head off because I'm trying to pivot and pick something else up, whatever that may be in the schedule. If I have to go pick up kids or there's a doctor's appointment or I'm trying to work on something, I'm trying to write or edit naturally, like put one thing down, turn to the other, that one's on fire. When I turn back, then boom, all of a sudden I'm overwhelmed because I'm trying to do them all at once. And before we know it, we are the rubber band that has stretched too far for too long and bam, you snap or this is for me, or you lose the elasticity, just a floppy rubber band, not able to function like you're supposed to. That's been me. For sure. Especially during, you know, deployments or busy school seasons, end of year projects, et cetera, recitals. Ugh. We have to know what our tools are to help us.
1: Some of the tools is just knowing some different things. Like who's on your team? Are you on somebody else's team? Because if you're being tagged to help somebody else, that is a time that you need to be supporting them. But that's also something that you now have given up to be able to do for your home. Or for yourself as well. So just recognizing that interrelatedness of your teams. Do you have
0: grandparents? Grandparents are great because they have patients, the same patients that, you know, you ran out of last week. <laughs> we are a military family and so we don't really have that option. I literally consider grandparents a luxury to have around to help out family. You know, but every every new base we move to, we kind of strive to build a community. Because you need a tribe, you need a community. We can't do it alone.
1: It's a lot more fun to sing in a choir than by yourself.
0: I oh, don't know. I sing pretty good in the shower. Yes, you do. <laughs> oh man. Okay, so tools though. What's in your toolbox? Do you have a babysitter? Do you have people you trust? People that can come into your house to water your plants if you're on vacation. Can older kids call somebody that you're working with, a secretary a coworker? Can they ask for iPad time or TV time? Does the coworker know your family well enough? Do they have authority to say to the kid, you know, well, is your homework done? You know? And they can allow 30 minutes if you're in a meeting, if you're too busy. I worked with a lady one time whose kids called work and they asked to watch the TV. And I thought, oh my gosh, those kids are so good. And she said, they know that they're not allowed to do that until everything's done, but they still call to check in. And let me tell you, nobody at work was annoyed that her child called to ask for TV time. She just answered the phone, took care of business, and then she got back to work. And she wasn't torn between two things. Nobody was mad at her. That's life. There's no reason to feel guilty or embarrassed about that.
1: And then this isn't just for like kids. We had a friend, had a giant German shepherd. He needed to go away for a week. Not the German shepherd, our friend. He's like, I need someone to like, that'd be an expensive bill to kennel up his dog. Yeah. But he called up and said, James, can you? I said, uh, I have to work too. But Beck and I worked out a schedule that we were able to take care of this 140 pound dog. We don't have dogs. We have cats.
0: That was a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. So guess who was taking care of the dog? (laughs) That's all right. It's that phrase, taking one for the team. We're a team. We
1: were a team. And we were part of this person's toolkit. That was a good moment.
0: And vice versa. We had people watch our cats before when we went on a trip.
1: So nice to be able to have people that you can trust that can house sit, pet sit, babysit. Life sit. Uh, When our oldest became old enough to watch her sisters. Hello. Hello. Valuable life
0: skills. Okay, so I have a story to you about when you were deployed. Our middle kid crashed her bike into the garage. I don't know why she was riding into the garage like a maniac, but she crashed the bike. I don't even think it was fast. It was like the slow motion thing. Anyway, she fell off the bike and she would have been fine, except she landed on one of those metal razor scooters and it hit her shin and her shin just split open. And she's crying. I came out. Oh my. It wasn't like some big bloody mess, but it was definitely a gash because of her bone skin and bones I had to take her to the ER for stitches well who's gonna watch the baby and the other sibling while I take her in there and you know when you go to the emergency room you're not just in and out you're there forever and it wasn't a life-threatening situation so I knew we were gonna sit in the you know in the waiting room for forever so one of our neighbors I just I said hey can you take this baby (laughs) take this baby and they did so I'm a fully capable person man, oh man, I only have two arms and I needed both my arms in that moment. And I was so grateful to have somebody in the community that could help me just watch my kids in an emergency situation. And then it was like, I don't even know. It felt like two weeks later, but one kid had pneumonia and the truck broke down in the middle of the urgent care parking lot and we had to wait for a tow truck, but I had to go pick up the medication at the pharmacy you know, before they closed. And I'm stuck there with these children and so I had to call a friend for help. So I called a friend and sure enough, here she comes, her little chariot minivan. Do do <laughs> She took the other kids off my hand. Actually, took she took she took all the kids off my hands. Took them on over to the McDonald's drive-through while I waited for the tow truck guy. I think that's when my foot was busted too. So I looked like foot cast on, hobbling around waiting for the tow truck guy. Power steering went out, but you can't do anything about it. Just stuck there. It takes the tribe. It takes the village. And you have to get over your pride and realize, you know what? I'm not a burden. This isn't a burden. I'm not being extra right now. This is literally life. Tires go flat. You need to call someone.
1: And just so this, you don't think this all happens just when I'm gone. Well. Just like a couple months ago, one of our vehicles, the battery died. It wasn't sure if it was the battery or the alternator, the starter. Jumped it with the truck a couple times. Now, I've known that the truck had a weak battery. But I've been putting off buying a new battery for my truck because it was fine. It's just a commuter car. Yeah, it'll be fine. It's great. Well, I had to jump the one car like three times. Just to get like it took a while trying to troubleshoot myself because it's dead in the garage. (laughs) So I do. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna push it out, do some troubleshooting, jump it, drive it around, and I was like, it's gonna be great. Didn't turn out to be great. Needed to buy a new battery. Okay, so after I've jumped my car a couple times, I've had to get it jumped at work by a coworker. (laughs) Again, tools, right? You don't. This is not a pride thing. Hey, I need. Just like, hey, somebody help me out here. And one of my, uh, my boss was like, yeah, sure, James. You know, he's hooking up a nice car to my dead one. (laughs) So we're good to go. And then the next day, after I've got the battery changed on the one car.
0: The very next day.
1: Next morning, I go out to start my truck. And he's like, nah, dude, you you had me for like three times to work and to jump the other car. We're done. (laughs) So I.
0: Maybe your and, truck was jealous, like, and, well, you got a new battery.
1: I want yeah, a new battery. I need some attention. So in one week, I was like, but thankfully, we didn't have to do anything crazy that nobody, like, both of us were here.
0: Right. But these things, they happen. It takes a tribe. It takes the village. If you don't cultivate these relationships, which we haven't really been able to, right, over the past year, they won't be in place when stuff just hits the fan. You know, when the Roomba, the Roomba smears all that dog doo-doo all over the floor. Who are you going to call? <laughs> You have to cultivate these relationships. I mean, it's one thing just to have a coworker, but it's another thing to have a coworker, a teammate, team player, and for you to be a team player.
1: I would say, be careful when you think that someone also, bad segue, but being a team player doesn't mean that you give of yourself beyond what you can give. You have to be able to check in and be like, can I give? Can Am I available? Like my truck battery was available until it wasn't. And then it was like, nope, my turn. And you have to do the same thing with people. If you think that your spouse or your friend is going to be there for you and you haven't checked in with them to see if they can, that's not a good assumption. And that's where it need to be that transparency, working together, having a color-coded schedule. It works for me, maybe not for Becca, but it, it works for me to be able to go like, whoa, here's my visual. Becca's response, yeah, that's already in my head. I know all that. And I'm like, I needed a picture. (laughs) (laughs)
0: I like that idea like tag teaming your spouse but it can be a definite trap if you both think that you're going to be able to tag team each other before you check in Like you come home like you do it no you do it Brene Brown was talking about this on one of her podcasts I don't know it's before the witching hour it's 5 30 getting ready for dinner and if you wait till then to say we're hungry what are we having for dinner I don't care who you say that to whoever it is they're gonna be pissed I don't know what do you want to eat I don't want to make dinner the rest of my life and then die like come on you have to discuss it prior who's responsible for what You know, and it's not just set up types or assumption roles, but like, hey, these are the days I'm going to do this. I want you to take care of the other days. And I don't want to have to like prep it all for you. Like, it's a team. You're dividing tasks and PS, let your kids get involved. They should have tasks. This happens in our family where we'll just let them do whatever because I don't really want them in the kitchen. I don't want them around me when I'm making food. And because I know how much food there is, and then I got to feed everybody. Anyway, so make the food and I put it on plates. So it's all divvied up correctly. The little one gets a little bit, you know, like so. And then I get mad later because I'm like, why am I serving you? This isn't a restaurant. And they're like, you literally told us to leave. So <laughs> it's the trap, you guys. Don't fall into the trap. And also, when I get upset about it and I make these grumpy comments, like, nobody helps around here. That's me not being a team player when I don't ask, actually ask for what I want, when I just make grumpy comments and get frustrated with everybody because I don't read my mind. That's not communicating. That's not asking for what I need. That's not saying, hey, I need you to shred the cheese and I need you to cut the lettuce. Let's work together. Let's not accuse everybody about things they're not doing or compare all the stuff you're doing with the things they're not doing. Because if you actually take a moment and look and see, you'll see all the stuff that they actually are doing, all of the things that they actually are contributing.
1: A key is be a helper with your two hands. Individually, no one can be an octopus bread lady or an octopus bread mister. Together, we can't. And that's
0: my face. I'm like, we're an octopus family (laughs) with our
1: powers combined. That's my face right now. And you'll be better for that. And you'll enjoy it because working together, many hands do make light work, especially if they're not all your hands trying to do everything.
0: Yeah. Ask for what you need. And here's a key. Know what you need. Do you even know? I mean, if if you're juggling all that stuff, you're probably so overwhelmed. You don't even know what you need. Somebody will say, I want to help you. You know, how can I help? And you have no idea because there's too much going on.
1: And if you have 50 things going on and you're not present to really know how to show up to help because you have all those things going on, put a couple things down yourself and be present enough to realize what needs to be done. The trash needs taken out, take it out. Do you wait for the car to ding at you to let you know that you need to get gas? Or do you have a, a point where you realize, hey, I should get gas now so that I can avoid that later
0: being proactive instead of reactive. Here's the thing too. When people are showing up to help, whether that's, you know, volunteer events, whatnot, but they have fifty other things going on, you know, that day. And they're not present. They're just sort of showing up. And I feel like sometimes I'm I'm that way. I'm like, oh I want to help, I want to do there, and I'll show up. But I know something else is going on. I'm double booked. I double book myself. So I'm not actually showing up all the way. And nobody likes that. Nobody nobody wants help from somebody who who can't really be there fully. It makes us feel like leftovers. And I don't want help from somebody if I feel like I'm an obligation. Oh, well, you're my friend, sort of, so I'm going to come help you. And I'm like, well, if you don't really want to be here, it's apparent to everybody that you don't really want to be here. And maybe you do want to be there, but you're not focused on the task at hand. Nobody wants to be an obligation. So how can you help that? How can you fix that?
1: I can work on taking things off my plate, because if I take something off my plate, I can help somebody else because I've made room.
0: Well, If you just keep dishing things onto your plate, eventually stuff's going to start falling off the edges.
1: Mm, Buffet.
0: Right. (laughs) But if you have some room on your plate, a little bit of margin, a little bit of space, breathing room.
1: You can get dessert. Hey, now. Sorry, I have a buffet in my mind.
0: (laughs) But you'll have some space, you know, to help somebody else out. This whole buffet metaphor. Also, next point, you got to learn to say no. And you don't even have to explain. Just no. You know, you don't have to be rude. You know, somebody's like, hey, can you help? No. Don't do that. Just no. I can't do that right now. I don't actually have the attention for that right now. No, I can't do that. In the season that I'm in right now, we're way busy. I'd love to help, but I can't. And that way you're not showing up half-heartedly, committing to something and then not doing a good job. And it saves you from flaking out later because you've got 50 things going on. You have to cut out short. Well, I can only come for five minutes. Like, then why did you come at all? Just say no. It's okay. Adults can handle it.
1: And when you're at your max, it's okay to have cereal for dinner. That's how I cook. You don't have to have organic vegetable cake and matcha smoothies every minute. If you do, that's great. For the rest of us, it's not really realistic. Chicken nuggets are okay on occasion.
0: Amen. Need pizza? Go for it. And if
1: you have margins in place, space in your daily schedule, on your plate, some breathing room, you've put down six of those eight arms that you've been trying to control, you'll have more joy. You'll have time to feel calmer. And you'll be more capable and you'll be able to help someone else. And that's the real
0: value. You get to be the superhero, the village member who gets to come in and save the day. Bake him a loaf of bread or something. So remember, you only have two arms. Look at them. They're gorgeous. Look at those guns. But when we work together, we add more arms. And the work-life balance phrase is just a marketing term to sell books and ideas to pressure us. Life isn't about that. Life's about surviving and thriving, you guys, thriving in harmony, which actually takes work, takes communication, agreed upon direction, and you cannot do it all. You cannot do it all well, and things will catch fire. Who are you going to call to get those extra arms? This is part of building a real and meaningful social network in your life, not the fake one, not a followership online, not Facebook, not Instagram, but real people.
1: Because when you need extra arm, it's not an Instagram comment. You actually need another arm.
0: Wow. Well, that's not asking. You have to ask. So if you can be somebody else's extra arm when they need it. Personally, I think you got to implement this at home. That's your core. That's your stability. Where are you? If you can't show up for your family, how are you supposed to show up for anybody else? How is that real? You're strongest at your core and you have to show up there so that you can go outside into the world. Think of the rubber band that's stretching. The rubber band stretches from point A to point B. You got to be able to stretch, but then you return back to that core. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. That's the idea. That needs to be stable. Otherwise, you can't stretch out into the world, and you're not any use to anybody. And when you get so stretched out and you're not supported there at the center, it's not going to work well for you. So build your home team in the best harmony, and then then you can expand. You can stretch. You can create that ripple effect for good. I feel like we should have a superhero doo doo or something.
1: So identify your home, your octopus arm core. Who are those people that you can count on that are the ones that you communicate with well or the ones that you should communicate with well? Your parents, your spouse, your siblings, whoever, your friends, the ones that are at your core, the ones that support you, that provide that strength, that aren't a stress in your life, that draws away from your strength.
0: Instability, right.
1: You find that, You work on getting all those eight arms in sync to work together in harmony and remember that you're also on their team and have fun juggling some bread.
0: Yummy. I feel like we should high five again.